0: Hey, hey, beauties, welcome to a Sacred Space podcast. I'm Katie, your host, and I am so excited to share with you how to create sacred space in order to heal and empower yourself. I want you to know that it is possible to live your dream life, to create amazing relationships, to experience joy daily, to be fully connected to yourself and passionate about life. No matter where you're at right now, it is possible to heal your trauma, your anxiety, and live a life beyond your wildest dreams. In this podcast, I will share with you the tools and resources I've used in order to create my dream life. And if it's possible for me, I know it is for you too. So let's get started. So hello everyone. Today on the podcast, I have Lauren Keller and she's the owner of Two Purple Carrots. And she does amazing work with um, chronic symptoms and diseases. So I'm going to have her just jump right in and tell you guys um, a little bit about herself and what she does.
1: Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yes. I'm so excited you're here.
1: (laughs) Um, So I, you know, it's been a long journey for me. I I, am actually a nurse practitioner by trade. And um, in 2013, I became extremely ill, essentially overnight. Where you know one day I was this runner yogi, like very health conscious, and then the next morning I woke up and thought I had the flu, and essentially never got better until about a year and a half ago. And for a large portion of that time, was um, bedridden. Really, um, I had such profound fatigue and headaches and joint pain and muscle pain, and you name the symptom, I probably had it at some point. And um, it took about a year for me to get a diagnosis, and they finally diagnosed me uh, with chronic Lyme disease, um, which a lot of Western healthcare providers don't really recognize the symptoms of because it's, it's 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 extremely complex, and unfortunately, there's a lot of controversy surrounding chronic Lyme, and then you know with Lyme comes. Lots of other things as well. I had dysautonomia, and so I was fainting all the time and having uh, difficulties. So I, I work in the in the operating room sometimes, and I wasn't able to stay upright for <laughs> the surgeries, and so I wasn't allowed to be in the operating room, and it really affected everything in my life. Truly. Um, and now, you know, given my healthcare background, um, I work with with other individuals who have chronic illness. So, typically, Lyme, but also people with mold toxicity, autoimmune disease, heavy metal toxicity—you um, name it—I um, can generally help with at least alleviate symptoms, if not point them in the right direction.
0: Yeah, that's amazing work that you do because chronic illness is just like. I swear it's just, like, this huge thing all of a sudden. Like, we have just outbreaks, like, the Lyme thing, and then there's fibromyalgia, and there's all these different things that are just coming out that people are really suffering from and, like, literally have no quality of life because of it because they're in yeah. constant pain or they have all these weird symptoms, like how you experienced, and it's a big deal. And I, I don't think that um, Western medicine is, is, has the knowledge or the preparation around how to, to handle that. Cause most people that I know it, they are either never diagnosed or it takes years for them to even get diagnosed. And then it's like, there you know, what do they do from there? You know what I mean? So it's amazing that you're doing this work and that you were um, able to experience that so that you could do this work. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the healthcare system because I know that you really understand that you work in it, and um, like just give us your take on like how all that works and and um, like with the chronic the illness
1: thing yeah the chronic illness yeah so i think you know i think it's difficult because i'm i'm so not anti-western medicine right and anytime you talk about these things people are just like oh she's anti-western medicine and that's so not the so not the case i'm so thankful that we have antibiotics we have all these life-saving measures and medicine is really really good at treating acute illness like really good at it Um, but with chronic illness, we, we don't really don't know anything. I mean, truly. And I know so many physicians and nurse practitioners who have left the field of medicine because they became so frustrated that their patients were constantly coming back with the same symptoms and not getting any better. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the treatments that they offer people with chronic illness, I mean, we can take my, my story, for example, you know, they just kept telling me, Oh, you need to see a psychiatrist. You have anxiety and depression. I'm like, but I'm having night sweats and heart palpitations and and muscle cramping. How is this anxiety and depression? I've never had this before. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did take the meds because I was desperate and they didn't work. And so there's this whole thing about, you know, if you seek out alternative care, then you're sort of this, this wacky person, you know, but what are people supposed to do when their symptoms are not being relieved by Western medicine? You're mm-hmm. supposed to stay in your bed for the rest of your life? I mean, I was 28 at the time. Right. So unfortunately it's become this sort of either, or, you know, you're either Western medicine or your alternative medicine. There's no, and, mm-hmm. and it's created this intense controversy in the field. And it's really affecting the patients significantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even go to a Western medicine office and say I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme because I, I would be shoved out the door. I wouldn't even be seen. Um, and so I hope at some point we can sort of come together and really look at the literature and really look at how people are thriving and getting better from chronic illness because people are getting better. I'm a good example of that. I know so many people who have really gotten better and figure out what's best for patients because so that's let,
0: really... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no. you. Let me ask you though, like why, why would they shove you out the door? If you, if you went in and you were like, I have chronic Lyme, like, like what would What would be like the reasoning behind that?
1: So it's really interesting because Lyme has an over 40 plus year history. Um, It started in Lyme, Connecticut. Most people know it's, it's generally transmitted by ticks, but there's some evidence now it can be transmitted by mosquitoes as well. And um, back in the day, it was like this huge issue because they kept diagnosing children with juvenile arthritis, like Mm. tons and tons of children in Connecticut with juvenile arthritis. And and finally, um, Dr. Bergdorferi, So, Borrelia burgdorferi is the name of the bacteria. He discovered that these children harbored this this bacteria, the Lyme bacteria, and it became this like outcry in the medical community because so many children were being crippled by it. And they developed a vaccine and the vaccine failed epically. It gave everybody that got the vaccine Lyme disease and all of those people that got the vaccine ended up having chronic symptoms and it was really terrible. So they pulled it from the market um, several years after they they initiated it. And since then, the, the way that we do the testing for Lyme disease is we do two tests, either an ELISA test or a Western blot test. And those tests miss greater than 50% of Lyme cases is what the estimate is. And so, so many people are testing negative for Lyme disease on these tests, but actually have Lyme disease. Um, and so I don't, I don't really know why it became such a controversial thing. I think now because it's seen as sort of this Eastern medicine or natural medicine, like hocus pocus, um, Nobody doubts that Lyme disease actually exists. The doubt comes whether Lyme can go from acute to chronic. That's
0: what people don't believe. Okay, gotcha. And then, like, obviously, like, how, how to treat it. And obviously, since they've tried all these different things that haven't worked, they, I think I've noticed that a lot in, like, Western medicine, where, like, they just can't figure out how to treat it. They're kind of like, not eh, that, doesn't, that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not a thing. Like, endometriosis is a good example of that. It's like, oh, yeah, sorry, you're not insured, <laughs> that yep. I can't help you with that you know so exactly. yeah I I've definitely I've definitely noticed that for sure so and that and that's like a huge problem because you're right like where do people go like you know and then there is a lot of stigma around like the alternative medicine or trying to use both western and alternative medicine like one or the other of the doctors is not going to be happy if you're doing that or you know whatever the case Yeah. So like in your experience, how do you help your clients like navigate the healthcare system and really like integrate healing and and all of that stuff into their, into their lives?
1: So what I found is really, I, I see kind of my main role is keeping people on track because, um, there are so many opinions out there. You could go to one Lyme, Lyme doctor and he or she's going to say one thing and you go to another Lyme doctor and he, he or she says something else, or this is the next miracle cure, or this is the, the greatest supplement on the planet and everybody needs to be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got swept away in all of that too and did so much and spent, I don't even want to know how much money I've spent in treatments over the years. Um, so I try to stabilize people. Um, anytime you go to any Lyme office, there are things that every single Lyme doctor does. So all of them require a specific level of nutrition. So you're eating your fruits and your vegetables, you're eating mostly organic. We know that the majority of people with chronic illness, especially Lyme or mold toxicity have some level of sort of full body inflammation or toxicity. And so you're wanting to reduce that as much as possible through food. Um, I talk to my patients about ways to detox the body um, because no matter whether you're going to take antibiotics or herbs or do ozone therapy or whatever therapy you choose, you, you always have to detox the body. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Lyme trained physicians don't know how to do that well with patients that are so sensitive mm-hmm. and Sort of knowing how sensitive I was, I, can, I feel like I can give better direction on how to incorporate things that are going to make them feel better faster. So my whole plan is, is, is basically eight weeks, and we go through all the foundations of health. Um, a lot of my patients don't end up having to see other outside providers. Um, since I am a provider, I can order labs and supplements for them. Um, and then for some of the patients, um, if they're extremely ill, sometimes I'll recommend some things that they go see a provider for like IV vitamins or ozone therapy or whatever the case may be.
0: I gotcha. And, um, like I know like with detoxing the body, it can be a a harsh thing. And a lot (laughs) of practitioners out there like, you know, recommend these heavy duty herbs and these different things that Cause I've, I've done cleansing cleanse after cleanse after cleanse, you know what I mean? And, um, they can be, they can be really harsh. So like, what, what is your sort of like go-to method for gently detoxing the body?
1: Yeah. Especially with chronic illness, you have to start low and go slow. Is what I always tell people. And I usually, if people are extremely sensitive or have blocked detox pathways, like they have the MTHFR gene or the HLA gene, which is common in people with mold toxicity, um, I actually have them start with a homeopathic supplement. It's it's a, um, a series of three three bottles that they take over time. And it actually helps the, de- the, the organs of detox um, drain. So the liver, the kidneys, and the brain. And so I have them do that for a good month before they even think about doing a detox. Um, and then with detox, so you know, a lot of people think this is weird, but coffee enemas are sort of a big thing right now and they are very helpful, but some people don't respond really well to them if they're really highly toxic. Yeah. See? And so for some people I have them start just with water enemas, um, or chamomile tea enemas, um, just to kind of get them started. The liver still responds to those things. It's not as intense of a detox, but it's a good way to kind of introduce to, to the enemas. Uh, Dry brushing is really gentle. Epsom salt baths with apple cider vinegar is gentle. Um, And then the key with detox is that you always have to take a a supplement as a binder. So, you know, if if you have blocked detox pathways and you're sitting in your sauna sweating for 30 minutes, and then you get out and stop sweating and your detox pathways are still blocked, then all of those toxins that you've been rousing up are just going to recirculate in the body. And so, using a binding agent like activated charcoal, or there's a whole number of them depending on what the situation is. Chlorella is another example.
0: Gotcha. Um, what about um, like castor oil packs? Do you have? Do you recommend those or have any experience? Yeah, that's like absolutely. A, really, a way to. to it's pretty fun. gentle. Ended up working for me, I had to. <clears throat> this was a really long time ago when I tried the coffee en- enema. I think it was like 12 years ago, yeah. and the coffee enema. Like I'm really sensitive to caffeine, and I used caffeinated coffee, which probably wasn't the smartest idea. So it made me feel like really crazy, and I did not enjoy the experience. But um, I ended up finding out about castor oil packs, and I had—I think I had known about it for a while. But then I—that's what I ended up doing, and like I, that's like my go-to thing for anything. Yeah. Like I love it; it works so good. It's so gentle. It's so relaxing. You can meditate during the process. It's—it's it's like yeah. a beautiful way to detox your body is awesome. Of. Love it, love yeah. it. Um, okay, so then um, I know you wanted to talk about like where to start when you have symptoms that are chronic and, um, and not solved with conventional medicine. So yeah. just what's that starting place?
1: So I think I think generally everybody starts with conventional medicine because you just think, well, this is gonna be something easily solvable. Mm-hmm. Um, But if your conventional Western medicine doctor is telling you that you have fibromyalgia, or anxiety and depression, or even things like multiple sclerosis or autoimmune issues, you know, your body just doesn't go out of homeostasis for no reason, right? There's something triggering these things to happen. And even Western medicine providers will say like, we don't know why autoimmune disease happens, like why your body automatically or starts producing autoantibodies. We don't really know. And in sort of more alternative medicine, we think, well, something's going on in the body, whether it's an infection or um, a toxin or it's something. And so don't give up with what your medical provider says. Seek out other opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't give up till you feel better because you know this is your life you only get one body you only have your health and um it's unfortunate because we kind of have to be like the ceos of our own healthcare. we have to learn so much when it comes to chronic illness so you know not just because i am a coach but i when i was new with my illness i just wish i had somebody there sort of leading me a little bit on on how to not blow all my my savings account on different therapies that don't work or not understanding the correct order of things if you're so sensitive and you go on a killing spree and you're trying to kill all the lime you're going to feel just awful Mm -hmm. and so don't give up find somebody who who can be gentle with you and then find somebody who can really see the bigger the bigger picture um because so i just see so many even alternative medicine providers just go on killing sprees without sort of taking note on how sensitive the patient is.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've um, met some practitioners that are like that too, where it's sort of just like that energy of just like, let's get in there and take care of this. You know what I mean? Okay. And Sometimes I can do more harm than good. You really yeah. need to honor your body and where you're at and, and treat it gently. And that was like a hard lesson that I had to learn over the years because I thought you know, detoxing and cleansing and all these things were like the way to go. And I think in so many ways, I ended up causing myself more harm than good. You know what I mean? Because, and I I didn't really ever have like, I ended up with Graves' disease a few years ago, but when I was doing all the detoxing, all that stuff, maybe that led to that. I have no idea. I didn't have an autoimmune disorder, but I had all of these health health problems that I had since I was a kid. And that led me to seek out alternative um, medicine. So I started working in it, I started learning about it. But yeah, it was so, um, the the surface level of alternative medicine can be so harsh and just so convoluted. There's so many different things. There's all these supplements, there's this supplement mm-hmm. is, is the one right now, you know, and all of this stuff and, and it may not be the one for you, you know what I mean? Or it may be too harsh for your body. So it's definitely important to have somebody who knows these things and has experienced it who can like you know guide you along the path because it can be literally the most overwhelming thing in the entire universe.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And even sometimes I feel like alternative medicine is almost just as bad as western medicine with chronic illness where instead of we we have a, medi- a medication for every symptom you have, now we have a supplement for every symptom you have, right? And so, if your provider is continuously bombarding you with twenty thousand dollars a year worth of supplements, then like maybe this person doesn't really understand the root cause and how to get rid of it. You might want to yeah. look elsewhere.
0: No, I totally agree. Like I, I think that it's really gone that way. I don't know that it, like necessarily started out that way, but I do know that like after working in it for so many years, like that that's just what I ended up seeing happening, and I was like what's going on? Because I left Western medicine to get away from having to take prescriptions all the time. And from having my doctor just be like, write me a prescription and not tell me anything else. You know what I mean? That's why I left Western medicine. And here I am in the same boat where, but I'm spending like way more money because none of this stuff is insured. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> you're yeah. like, here's your supplement, take this supplement, take that supplement. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And it's like, you yeah. know, Hey, I. what's the difference, really? Yep, exactly. Yep, <laughs> and in exactly. the end, a lot of that stuff doesn't even work. You know what yep, I mean? So, yep, Yeah, you're just swallowing handfuls of pills every day, and it's like, well, what's really, what's exactly. really <laughs> happening here? Is anything changing? I don't think so.
1: <laughs> yep. Or, you know, here's, you know, $5 million worth of testing from specialty labs, and then you get all these results back that are highly abnormal mm-hmm. and, like, you know, um, like your vitamins and minerals so those often come back abnormal especially with chronic illness and so then they just start supplementing you with okay now you need vitamin c and b b12 and all of these things but like what is causing all of these things to be so low you know you're not really scratching the surface you're just again putting a band-aid over what's really happening
0: right exactly yeah totally agree so um let's let's in light of that, let's talk about like the mind body connection and like what your take is on that and how that helps with, with like the healing and, and all of that.
1: Yeah. I was like really anti mind body medicine for a while. I will say at the very beginning of my journey, I was like, my brain has nothing to do with this. This is Lyme and I don't want to talk about it. And, um, it was really hard for me to embrace the idea that, my my brain my psyche was affecting the symptoms that i was having um and anybody that's been chronically sick for any length of time i can tell you that your your your, your mentality your psyche is affecting your symptoms 100% yeah. i did not make a complete recovery until i really started addressing those points you know i got to a point and i was like something is missing and i started looking into mind body medicine and now i will say it's just so profound um and so i i know that people are resistant to it because it makes them feel like then the disease isn't real or that it's all in your head and that's not the case you have a real disease right but what i find happen with people um and, and it still happens to me too is that let's say you wake up one morning and you have a little headache um for a lot of us that have had chronic illness the, the initial thought is well, all right, I'm just chronically ill again. I'm going to be in bed for the next year. I can't believe this is happening again. This is really terrible. Oh my gosh, the headaches. Like I remember having four straight years of headaches and it's never going to go away. And just imagine like that cascade of thinking processes of like how you're thinking and and therefore it's affecting, affecting your behavior. It's affecting your attitude. It's affecting your entire day. Um, and so a huge part of my routine is really um, doing sort of brain retraining. Um, I actually use a program called the Gupta program, which I really love. It's really, um, formalized where you do certain things every day. And then as you kind of advance in the process, it's not so rigid. Um, but it really helps you recognize these sort of negative thought patterns that you have about your body and about yourself. And we all have them, right? We all have so many of them. And, um, so addressing that through meditation, through different brain retraining techniques is so, so important.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Every time, I think that the first time I noticed that, and it wasn't like fully conscious, but I had, when I was like 21, I ended up in adrenal exhaustion Mm. and I was taking, this was like at the beginning of my alternative health journey. And I was taking all the things and I went gluten-free and I did all these things and my body was so mad at me. Like it just made it worse. Like it continuously just got worse. The more that I tried to do, especially the gluten-free thing, like my body was not happy with that <laughs> at all. It so mad at me. And um, so I, um, eventually what I realized was the moment that I, I had a really bad attitude about myself and about life at that time. And the moment I changed my attitude was like the moment that I came out of that adrenal Mm -hmm. exhaustion. And every time that I've gone through a health thing, I can always like, I always remember that moment. And then I can always bring myself back to, okay, what's my mindset here? Like, how am I speaking to my body? Like, what message am I sending myself? And then later, I found out that there's like actual scientific evidence that our cells respond to our thoughts. So they're, they're constantly receiving the messages of our thoughts because our thoughts don't just happen in our brain. They happen in every cell of our body. Yeah. That, that was like profound to me. I was like, okay, well, here's the evidence of like what I, I knew kind of, but I wasn't like fully aware of. And seeing that like science back that up, like was huge for me. It changed yeah. everything for me. Yeah. It really changed how I felt and like how I'm able to overcome any health issue that I go through it's like come come back to the mindset what's happening there
1: (laughs) isn't it amazing yeah isn't it amazing i mean they say only five percent of our day is spent in conscious awareness all of the rest is subconscious Mm -hmm. um and it was just devastating when i realized how many terrible things i was saying to myself every day you know like how much i hate my body and i hate my situation Mm -hmm. and um the more you engage in those thoughts the the worse your outcomes are going to be a hundred percent
0: yeah that is so totally true. And I love that you incorporate that because I think that that is such a, a vital and important part of healing. Like, I, I don't think that you can ever really heal without that that aspect. It really just no. I don't. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I, I think that's amazing. So, and then let's touch on nutrition because I know, like, I follow you on Instagram, so I know you always have, like, <laughs> such cool things that you're doing. So why don't you just talk about that for a few minutes and let us know, like, your favorite you know, nutritional
1: things that you do? Yeah. So um, with nutrition, I actually take a really, uh, I, I kind of throw a really wide net because I think we are all so unique genetically that we all thrive on different diets. I, I really, you know, there's just this battle. Are you paleo? Are you vegan? Are you keto or whatever? But, but the reality is what diet do you feel best on, right? What diet can you eat and not have symptoms after you eat that food? And so I usually have people start with an elimination diet because that's really the best way you can figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. Um, and and then slowly add in one food at a time. For me, I do, I do my best when I'm mostly vegan and have some chicken every month or maybe one serving of red meat. But a mostly vegan diet really works for me. And I have had patients who like a vegan diet has been terrible for them. They feel like really low energy and so – um, I really encourage them to do the elimination diet and start from the very basics, you know, kind of your, your basic vegetables with no nightshades, your basic fruits, and then kind of work up from there. Um, it's, it's sort of a month long to a six week long process. And then once you figure out that diet, great, like now you have your diet and you don't have to do all this sensitivity testing that costs, you know, $300, $400 to do. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a waste of money. If you're confused, you're not knowing where some of your symptoms are, come from, are coming from. It could be a good idea, but in general, if you're doing it slow enough um, and you're slowly adding back in foods that are considered, you know, allergens like gluten and soy and dairy and corn and you know all the big ones,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, then then you found your perfect diet for you, and that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's having that awareness, too, of, like, like what's affecting you, because you might really like something. Like, I really like dairy, but it doesn't necessarily really like me, and if I if I know that, and I'm, like, aware of that, I can have it every so often, but I have to be really careful. You know, I can't yes. have it all the time, because I know that, like, my tummy is going to be mad at me, and for a Absolutely. long time, I I think for, like, seven years, I couldn't eat red meat. Like, I just I had to go completely off of it because I would be, like, deathly ill if I, if I ate it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then I, um, I was able to heal whatever was going on with that. It was, like, an en- enzyme issue. And I yeah. got pregnant. I was taking all these enzymes. And then, bam, I could, be, I could eat red meat again. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, your body goes through transitions. It goes through stages. And you have to be, like, really aware of, like, you know, what is causing these things. And, and when you eat, how do you feel? That was like yeah. the gluten-free thing. Like it was like a trend at the time. It still kind of is. This is like 12 years ago. And everyone was going gluten-free in the shop that I, in the health food store that I worked at. And so I was like, well, I'll try it too, you know, but my body hated it. My body is so mad at me for that. It's like, I'm going to make you so sick because you did this to me. <laughs> so I knew right then and then that was not for me and I've never tried it again. Yeah.
1: Awareness is so key, you know, and I think the elimination diet really just teaches people to, to be aware of the effects that the food is having because so often, you know, we just, we just eat on the run or we're, you know, looking at our cell phones or we're, we're not really focused on eating. Like, like rarely do any of us just sit in silence and just enjoy our food. And so, you know, when you're having those symptoms three hours later or maybe even two days later, you don't associate it with the food, but it is the food. Um, so it gets tricky sometimes, but yeah, body awareness is so key. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. that's amazing. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add or talk about or any other tips that you have for, for anyone with um, chronic illness?
1: I think just don't give up, you know, I mean, I, I was at that point, I think it, you know, like maybe three years in and I just said like, I don't think I'm ever going to get better. I just think this is going to be my life. And I think so many of us have that feeling sometimes. Yeah but don't give up on, on finding your answers because they do exist. They do. Um, and find the people that, that support you the way that you need, need to be supported. I think that's really the key. If you're seeing, even if it's an alternative medicine provider, you feel like you're not being listened to or they're pushing things on you or things like aren't going well. Like, you know, you're the CEO of your healthcare you get to decide. So.
0: Yeah. I love that. The CEO of your healthcare. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) because so often we feel so disempowered in our health and with our bodies like we don't understand it i think that's why a lot of times we do rely on on western medicine conventional medicine or even alternative medicine because we think someone else knows our body better than us yep But that's just not true we do need support and we do need like a village to heal because that's just the way that it works but like you said i love that we are the ceo of our health So we have to always be looking inside first and asking ourselves what we need and being really present with that so that we can take the right steps to heal, you know? So I love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Intuition following is is huge.
0: Yeah. It's
1: really beaten out of us, you know, in the Western healthcare system. We we're just told doctors know best and they're wearing the white coats and so they know best and they, you know, went to school for eight years, but, um, you know, they don't know your body and they don't know you so
0: right we 're also unique I mean they have they have awesome knowledge, and they know like the general way that the body works, and that 's awesome and it can be really helpful, but they don 't you are unique, you know like everything about you is unique, and so they, they don 't know the ins and outs of your body, only you do <laughs> yeah we 'll get there at some
1: point we 'll get to personalized medicine, I think I think that 's the trend that 's the way it 's going you know medicine yeah. makes more on genetics and Um, where our ancestors are from and how all of that affects our health. So I think, you know, in the next hundred years, hopefully we're moving in that direction. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I hope so too. I think that would be really beneficial for sure. Awesome. Well, tell everyone where they can find you and give us all your links and I'll make sure that they're below this video as well. Okay.
1: So I'm at Two Purple Carrots, two is spelled out, T-W-O, and my website's just com. I do a 20-minute free consult with all of my new clients just so you know, we know that it's a good fit. Um, we're kind of on the same page there. And then, and then I offer a one-on-one coaching. It's an eight-week program, and it's really to get you to a place of stability. Um, you're going to start feeling better within those eight weeks. It's going to be really foundational. And then I also just do, if you don't have a chronic illness, I just do basic nutrition and health coaching for little things that you kind of want to work on and, and figure out. So.
0: That's
1: awesome. That's
0: awesome. And your Instagram is at two purple carrots, too, right? It is. Yep. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yep. Yeah, you guys got to follow her on Instagram. She puts out all the good stuff, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much, Laura. And I'm so happy you came on. This
1: is so fun. Thank you.
0: For free resources, ebooks, and other super awesome tools, go to my website, katie.com I also want to remind you to subscribe so you always get the latest episode and to leave a review so other people can find this podcast too. I super appreciate you tuning in today and I will catch you in the next episode. Have a beautiful day.